This podcast is a segment of the book, Godly Grit, scheduled for publication in late spring or early summer 2021. It will be available at Amazon as a Kindle ebook, in paperback, and as an audiobook. In the next three chapters, we will look at the importance and significance of the breastplate of righteousness. You will want your storehouse stocked with protective righteousness. As a piece of armor, a breastplate protects your most vital organs, your heart and lungs. Spiritually, we are to pursue righteousness to protect our heart, the source of our emotions and desires, and our lungs, our God-breathed spirit. I had a chance to check out a breastplate the other day. It was a nylon vest that held two 9x11 quarter-inch steel plates. One plate protected your front and one plate covered your back. The vest guaranteed protection from the bullet of a high-powered rifle, but it weighed a hefty 30 pounds. As I carried the vest around a little, I thought, why would you want to wear something so heavy? The answer is obvious you would wear something this heavy to protect yourself against an attack by a bullet or arrow that you would not be able to see coming at you. It would give you protection against something you could not outrun. Righteousness seems cumbersome and sometimes confusing, but it will protect you against the enemy's attack that you do not see coming your way. Now, you will feel the impact of those bullets, They may even break your ribs, but they will not kill you. Our righteousness is a breastplate, not an isolated bunker. Our God-given light is to shine where the bullets fly. How does righteousness serve as a breastplate? How can righteousness protect your soul and spirit? What is righteousness? Righteousness is measuring up to God's standard. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines righteousness as acting according to divine or moral law, free from guilt or sin, or being morally right or justifiable. God has a very high standard, a standard that none of us can come close to achieving with our own efforts. If we do not meet God's standard, We cannot be accepted by Him, and we have no hope for a full and meaningful life, let alone where we will spend eternity. The good news of the Gospel is that Christ paid the price for us, so now God sees us as righteous. Philippians 3 verse 9 My passion is to be consumed with Him and not clinging to my own righteousness based in keeping the written law. My righteousness will be His, based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the very righteousness that comes from God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us, so that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with Him. The God of the universe, who sees all and knows all, 
sees me as righteous because of the cross. This God-ascribed righteousness is only available through faith in His Son. The problem, however, is I know I am not righteous. I do not come close to living up to God's standards. So, if God sees us as righteous, what are we to do with our present unrighteousness? What is our part when it comes to honest living? Because Christ paid the price for our righteousness, we should do all we can to live that righteousness. This righteous pursuit is not legalism energized by condemnation. This pursuit is out of gratitude for all Christ has done for us. Proverbs 4, verse 23. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. 1 John 3, verse 7. Delightfully loved children, don't let anyone divert you from this truth. The person who keeps doing what is right proves that he is righteous before God, even as the Messiah is righteous. Psalm 106, verse 3. The happiest one on earth is the one who keeps your word and clings to righteousness every moment. When it comes to righteousness, we have a part in the pursuing and the clinging. Even though God sees us as righteous, we are still to pursue righteousness as we pursue our relationship with Him. This pursuit will protect our soul and spirit from the enemy's attacks. In the next three chapters, we will look at three components of this righteous pursuit. We will look at the need for complete surrender, redemption, and restoration. The surrender of our will and life to God is the ultimate act of humility that can free us from ourselves and our destructive, self-centered paths. Surrender is an active step in the direction of living a life that is not all about me. Submission to God is the humble path to contentment. There is no healing in life without humility and surrender, no matter how hard you try. We need to surrender all of who we are to God, but it is not our place to make someone else surrender. People are free and will determine their path, even if they die in the process. You cannot surrender on behalf of someone else. That is up to them. You can show by your life that there is contentment in surrender that is not available anywhere else. If you need more power in your life to tear down a stronghold or to exercise your God-given voice, you need to surrender more. If we rely on ourselves, we will end up arrogant and burned out. When we are up against a seemingly impossible task, it is common to rely on what we know or what we believe worked in the past. We think and believe that we can do the impossible. Our arrogance drives us to work harder to prove ourselves. We begin to buckle under the burden of what we are trying to carry and we fizzle out. 
we become another tragic statistic of burnout with other well-intentioned, arrogant do-gooders. We are not the power that a struggling fellow human needs for the restoration of their life. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you should not have an issue believing that God desires restoration of relationship with Him. He did not only give you a guidebook for this restoration, but He also gave us His Son. He loves you more than you could ever understand. He also loves all of the other people in your world. Believe in His love, trust in His love, and lean heavily on Him for the power necessary for a life-saving change. Keep close to your heart Isaiah 40, verses 28 and 29. Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become tired or grow weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who has no might, he increases power. Surrender is the step of faith that frees you to move ahead in your life. If you decide to live this way, you will find your will and your desires will start to shift. You will mature in the direction that moves you from self-service to serving God and serving others. God did not put you here on earth to get all you can get. He put you here to enjoy Him and give all you can give. This type of life is where joy and contentment live. Follow the advice of Jeremiah when he wrote in Jeremiah 29, verses 13 and 14. Then, with a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity, and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes, and I will free you and gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile. Seeking and depending on God is a vital part of the restoration we all desperately need. We lived in Northern California when my sons were in high school. They were both very fit and strong and enjoyed rock climbing. We took classes on climbing at a local gym and classes on protection placement in Yosemite and went on several guided climbs. My youngest son was fearless and could stick to the rock wall like a spider. I, on the other hand, was fearful and very cautious. As our knowledge and experience grew, so did my trust in the equipment. Experience and knowledge led to more experience and more knowledge, and this developed into trust. Exercise trust became freedom to surrender to the protection provided by the equipment. God wants us to seek Him, get to know Him, experience Him, and His love for us. Seeking Him and experiencing Him will cause our faith to grow. Growing faith 
becomes a strength to hold us when we have fallen, just like the climbing rope when we stumble. Make no mistake, you have stumbled in the past and you will stumble in the future. Surrender is terrifying. The first time you surrender to your climbing equipment and push away from the rock wall to begin to rappel to the ground is not a moment of great confidence. It is a moment filled with fear and uncertainty. What do you trust? To what have you surrendered? As we walk this path of surrender, there are several things to keep in mind. We all struggle with the same major issues, yet we seem to think that we are the only ones struggling. Do not allow periods of discontentment to pull you off the path. Life will continue to have significant struggles and you will be tempted to seek contentment from sources other than God. Most often, our discomfort and discontent do not lead us to the cross. It leads us to actions within our power and control. What we pursue to attain comfort, we eventually become enslaved to. If you stumble and surrender to your stronghold, you will become a slave to that stronghold. There is no joy or freedom in being this type of slave. So, our options are to either become enslaved or to surrender. In surrender, there is strength and power. In slavery, there is discontentment and emptiness. The strength you need to fight off the enemy's attack is only found in surrender to God. If you have ongoing issues with a stronghold, the answer is surrender. James 4 verse 7 So then, surrender to God, stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will turn and run away from you. Surrender sets the stage for victory. 1 Peter 5, verses 6-10 to 10. If you bow low in God's awesome presence, He will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in His hands. Pour out all your worries and stress upon Him and leave them there, for He always tenderly cares for you. Be well balanced and always alert, because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles you endure. And then, after your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ, will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Yes, he will set you firmly in place and build you up. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord completely, and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Galatians 2 verse 20 My old identity 
has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his faith through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God, who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. Psalm 37, verse 7. Quiet your heart in his presence and pray. Keep hope alive as you long for God to come through for you. And don't think for a moment that the wicked in their prosperity are better off than you. The path of righteousness is the path of surrender, redemption, and restoration. It is a challenging path. Surrender to God, seek Him, find the peace that only He can give, and then work with diligence. Keep in mind the words from Colossians 1, verses 20 to 22. And by the blood of His cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to Himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Even though you were once distant from Him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, He reconciled you back to Himself. He released His supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of His own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in His presence. And now there is nothing between you and Father God, for He sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. In the righteousness section of your storehouse, is there a shelf stocked with surrender? Are you enslaved or surrendered? Have you surrendered your will, life, desires, ambitions, talents, and body to God? Are you seeking God with your whole heart? Where do you turn at times of discontentment? How are you living in denial? Are you living at peace? If you desire righteousness to protect your soul and spirit, you will need to start with surrender.